us and have you instilled inside of us. And Father, we thank you that the Spirit of God only inside of us is stronger than the Spirit of the world and the things in this world. For greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. And Father, we thank you for that and we praise you for that and we give you glory and honor and praise. Lord, we know, Father God, that in the end we win. And we thank you for that. And Lord, I thank you, God, that you are constantly working on our behalf. Hallelujah. Father, you are such a great and a mighty God. And we worship you this morning. Lord, I just lift up this day to you. I lift up all those that are dealing with sickness and, and disease. And, and Lord, that are uh, we pray for those that are away and on vacation, Lord, and are spending time with their families, Lord. We just lift them up to you. We pray that they have the best time that they could have. And Lord, that they come back refreshed and renewed and ready to, to take on what you have for them to do. Lord, we just lift up those this morning. Lord, we pray for those this morning. We lift up those, Lord, that have been mentioned. We lift up Pat Holt to you. We lift up James to you, Miss Shirley Braddy's grandson. We lift up, Father God, all those. We lift up Nicole Helms. We thank you for the work you're doing in her life and in her body. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for all that you're doing and all, all that you are touching. We lift up. Uh, Pastor Rick Clark up to you. We thank you for touching and healing his body. And for Jackie, his wife, for touching and healing her. Father God, we thank you for that, God. And Lord, I thank you this morning that this is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice, and we will be glad in it. So, Father, we just praise you this morning. Hallelujah. And I want us to sing that little chorus again. I want you to sing it this morning and think about what you're singing, the words that you're singing. You know, I, I was thinking of the guys in the youth and what God is doing in their lives. I want to tell you, you can't take what y'all got at that conference. You can't have it. God's changed most of you. He's changed all of us. And so you just, as you sing this song, just remember that. He might be attacking you. He might come against you, but he can't take you. Amen. Hallelujah. God's the same grace, the same mercy, the same spirit of God is there, is with us this morning. And we just thank God for all that he's doing in and through us and in our midst. You know, that we, um, 
our lives are devoted to Christ if you're a Christian. And they're for us. And we're, we have certain things, responsibilities, and certain things we're to do. And this morning I'm going to be talking to you about honoring God. You know, and there, there's a lot in that and a lot in that word. And we're supposed to honor God. And that's not just lip service. That's everything. And we'll talk about that. I want you to turn to 1 Samuel 2. 30 if you have your Bibles or if you've got it on your phone or your iPad or whatever you're using and read along with us. I know you can see it up there, but it's good to have it in your hand. Amen. First Samuel chapter 2 verse 30 in the New King James Version says, Therefore the Lord of God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So those who don't honor him, those who honor themselves. I, I want to say that, you know, we, we, just, we have to live a life that honors God, and that's our responsibility. He gives us the strength to do it, but we have to do it. It just doesn't happen automatically. Amen? It's not just something that, well, I'm a Christian now. Now I'm going to honor the Lord. No, I mean, there's, just go to his word and read what he says. I want to read the, the couple of definitions of the word honor. This is out of the um, Webster. It says, reputation, good name, and personal integrity. You hear that last part? <laughs> reputation, good name, and what? Personal integrity integrity it's what's on the inside you have the responsibility to have that and then the next one i want to read is you know in the hebrew this is kind of the, like the definition but in the hebrew actually the word honor means to weigh down with respect and esteem and the opposite is to treat lightly so you know where that came from in the scripture you know, and, and honor's bigger than just fame. Well, we honor them because they're famous. Well, no. So to pull that definition back into order, it's just to hold in respect, esteem, and show respect. So we're to, to hold God in respect. We're to, we're to esteem him or lift him up, and we're, we're to show respect for him. Hebrews 13, 18 says, pray for us. For our conscience is clear, and we want to live honorably in everything we do. We should strive to live honorably in everything we do. Not just in church, not just when we're around other Christians, not just what we do for God, but everything we do, we need to do honorably. It needs to reflect Christ. It needs to honor Christ. It needs to pull God up. It needs to lift Him up. So to start out, I'm going to ask you this question this morning. Are you honoring God with your life? Is your life honoring God? Or is it just mostly honoring what you want to do in yourself? Are you honoring God? Um, I don't have this scripture up here, but are either in my notes. If you got the notes or if, if you got them QR, downloaded on your device, it's not on there. But 1 Peter 2, 17 in, in the New King James says, Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. So we're to, to honor God with our lives. And I want to go through some things that we're to do 
in order to honor him with our life, first of all, does your heart honor God? Your heart. I am, um, think about that. You know, what is your heart? It's your mind, your will, and your emotion. It's all of who you are. Do you honor God with your heart? Not just outwardly, but on the inside. You know, if we get it right on the inside, it tends to come out. Right? Do you, does your heart honor God? Matthew 15, 8. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In other words, it's just empty words almost. Or it's just words they're saying, but on the inside it's not true. They don't honor me. They're just saying it. Oh, yes. Somebody asked, oh, you know, oh yeah, I love God. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. But, what, but what's on the inside is really not there. It's what comes out when you're in situations, when you're in places, when you're in hard places. What comes out? What gets squeezed? You know, if you squeeze an orange, what do you get? Orange juice? If you don't, it ain't, it's not an orange, right? Right? You know, things can look different, too. Things can look like oranges, but it might not be. You know, you could mistakenly mistaken maybe a grapefruit is orange. You think it's not quite right, and you squeeze that grapefruit, and guess what? It don't taste like an orange. I like grapefruit. Not everybody does. But, you know, when you first get that initial thing, it's like, whoo, what kind of orange is this? you imagine the first person ever discovered that? How that was? You know, and you can, sometimes you can be um, kind of fooled, I guess you could say. You see something, you think what it is, or you've heard what it is, but you really don't know what it is. And you've heard me tell this story before, but when I was in Africa, we went in this village, and, and we were told not to eat the fruit on the two trees as you go in. I wonder why. So we were under the impression that they were poisonous and that it wasn't good. So we walk in, and the, one of the guys that went with me, first time he'd ever been out of North and South Carolina, and he was, anyway, I won't go into that again. But we were looking at him, and we walked through, and I said, his name was Warren. I said, Warren, that looks like a lime. He said, well, they said, don't eat it. We're not eating it. We're not touching it. Because we didn't have a lot in that village that we could eat or drink other than water that we had to, when we ran out of our drinking water we brought, then we had to put tablets in it and make it taste like bleach and drink it. It was nasty. So one day I was able to, you know, they, they spoke about 16 dialects there. So some of them could speak English, some of them couldn't, and all that. So I finally found a guy. That I said, why don't you eat that fruit? Bam, oh, bam. I was like, will it harm you? Is it poison? No, it tastes bad. Sour, sour. Well, guess what? They were limes. So I went and picked some, and he, the one said, you going, I said, it's a lime. I know it is. I've seen limes. They're a little bit bigger than what we get here. So we washed, you had to wash them in a solution, anything that was touched by anything. And so we did that, and guess what we had the rest of the time? We had some sugar. We had limeade the rest of the time we were there. And it was awesome. But all it, it, the, the parents, and then they had tasted, but what they tasted wasn't good to them. And so we ended up having some good limeade to drink. So they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. What's on the inside is not really what they're saying. And I want to tell you something. It doesn't matter who it is, what it is. It doesn't take long to figure that out. Right? So we need to honor God with our heart. 
our hearts right honoring God. We also need to honor his word, what his word says. You know, well, a lot of people, a lot of Christians, they don't honor his word. They, they, they say they do, but they don't really study it and don't know it, and they don't honor it, and they misquote and missay and misdo all this stuff, and they wonder why things aren't going right. You have to honor his word. 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 says, Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we ask you to pray for us. Pray that the Lord's message will spread rapidly and be honored wherever it goes just as when it came to you. In other words, when you first got that word, you got to develop that on the inside of you and it, so that wherever you go, that word is honored. And it's honored because of the way you act or the, what you say or what you decided to do with that word. You know, it's, it's, it's um, easy, as I said, to just say words. But you can really tell if it's from the heart or not. If we're just saying that. In, in, and I don't have this in there either. But listen to this statement. And it comes out of, um, basically out of Jeremiah. The word of God is not an ordinary hammer that drives nails, but one that breaks rocks into pieces. It's Jeremiah um, 23, 29. I'll just read what it says. It says, Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? Not an ordinary hammer that you drive nails with. Have you ever tried to break a rock with a regular hammer? This is a little bitty one. Don't work with it. It's, it's, it's amazing how we were out here working. Those who thank all those who came out and learned how to dig ditches yesterday working on our playground and there was a clump of, of concrete or cement whatever you want to call it in there and we got to it and I can't I thought just we had a regular hammer and I was just like do nothing I hit it a couple of times so I came back in and got a what I call a shop hammer but it's like a two pound I like a sledgehammer with a short handle and it didn't take Pastor Robert, he was watching me. It didn't take but two, a few licks to bust that thing up and get it kind of out of the way. It was in the wrong, it was way bigger than it needed to be anyway. So God's word breaks things up. It changes us. It breaks us up on the inside. The word of God changes us. It makes us new people. It changes, it, 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 it works on the things that need to go. It, it helps in that. You know, um, 1 Thessalonians 1, 7, again, I don't have that. Let's thank the Lord for that. Because he gives us me stuff that I don't have time to change and send to the guys back there. 1 Thessalonians 1, 7 says, And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit so that you became an example to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. When it comes in and breaks you up, it should give you joy. When the things are changed, he said they, they got this word in much affliction. In other words, it didn't come easy, right? It didn't come easy for them. It came in when they're in the midst of a lot of affliction, a lot of stuff going on. But 
it became an example to all believers because they saw what they did with that word and they let it turn into joy and it touched their lives. So we need to honor the word of God. In other words, we need to respect other, we need the word of God. We need to hold it in esteem. We need to allow it to be heavy on us, to weigh down on us so that we send it back out as weight, as real weight. You know what? I'm going to tell you, if you really got the word of God and you send it out, it's going to weigh other people down. They're going to be like, there's something about this. I don't understand it quite exactly. I don't understand what it means, but there's something about it. So there's things that we're to do to honor the Lord. The word talks about it. The first thing is we need to honor our parents. I don't care how old you are and how old your parents are. My dad will be 92 in two weeks. And I honor and respect him. Ephesians 6, 2 and 3 says, Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. You want a promise from God? You, better, you need to obey that first commandment. It says, if, and they're quoting it out of Exodus. It says, If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on earth. How many of you want a long life on earth? Do you honor your father and mother? Have you honored them? If you haven't, do you need to start honoring them? <laughs> Think so. You need to hold them in respect. You know what? The way, parents, this is going to be a little on you, and I'll talk about what you're to do with your children also in a moment. But the way children relate to their parents will really determine their success in life and the way they relate to other people in their life. If they hold your parents in honor, they, they learn how to hold other people in honor and respect that, that need it or deserve it. It'll have a dramatic effect on, on, on our relationship with our Heavenly Father. I mean, if you don't have respect for someone that you know and you see, you're not going to have respect for God, right? You're not going to honor him. So children, you need to honor your father and mother. You, don't have, you know, a lot of times you don't, you don't like what they got to say to you, but you still have to honor and respect. A lot of times we don't like to have, hear what God has to say for us because he disciplines us just like we discipline our children. So we need to honor our parents. As I said, it don't matter how old we are, whether we're children or not. You do that all your life. Then you need to honor your spouse. You know, your spouse is someone that God has given you to spend your life with. And you need to honor them. You need to respect them. And the same goes, it goes both ways. But Ephesians 5.21 says, And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You do it because of your love and your reverence and your honor of Christ. Hebrews 13.4 says, Give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. We are to honor each other. We're to remain faithful. That's honoring each other. Amen? That's honoring each other. So we are to honor our spouse that God has given us. That's, all this is God's word in our heart, changing us, 
telling us what to do. You want to live a good life? You want to live a long life? Honor your parents. You want to have a long marriage? Honor each other. Right? You know, it's, how, well, how, do you, how you been married 40 years? Because we love each other, we honor each other. Do we agree on everything? No. Sometimes we have little things. <laughs> but guess what? We honor each other. We respect each other. And God has given us long life together. Amen? 40 years is a pretty good long time, especially when you're young as me. But it's been a long time. So we got to honor each other. Don't go into a marriage if you don't think you can honor each other. Wait until you say, you know what? This is God. This is who God has called me to be with, and I can honor them. Going into that thing knowing it's not going to be pretty all the time. It's not going to be smooth sailing all the time. You're going to have bumps. You know, you've come across our speed bumps and here. They're, you know, when we put those speed bumps in, because we had some issues with some stuff and the guy was like, well, you want low, medium, or high? We said, well, medium would be good. I think those are pretty bumpy myself. I don't know what the next step would have been. Just don't come in there flying because you might knock something out of line. So, you know, we need to honor each other. Honor your spouse. And I want to say this, young people, if, you, if you're in a relationship or dating or whatever, something, you need to learn how to honor them. Amen? And you honor each other because one day you're going to have to do that. And then the next one, parents, <laughs> is honor your children. And it's not all, it's not just, in this commandment, it wasn't just about honoring the parents, but it's about parents being honorable. Honor your children. Hold them in esteem. Lift them up. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So you honor your children by bringing them up in, in the Lord and bringing them up in the right way, and, right way and disciplining them according to God's instruction. And I won't go into all that, but there's instruction in the Word on how to treat your children. And that's, that's not meaning that you just, get, you know, do everything they want to do or whatever. Because th there's reasons that we, we, we have learned a few things, most of us, right? So when we bring up children, we want them to learn that too. We want them to learn it. I, I want mine to learn it before, an age before I learned it, right? We, we want to honor them in the fact that we love you enough to, we want you to learn that now. Soon, right away. Amen? So we need to honor, those. that's part of the whole family life. Just honor your parents, honor your spouse, and honor your children. That's what God would have us to do. Amen? And that's a part of honoring God. When you do that, you honor God because you're honoring what? His word. And then we need to honor him in our actions. What we do, how we do, when we do it. Amen. Romans 12, 1 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Your actions. 
Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. You worship him through your actions. It's not just standing here, raising your hands, singing. That's a part of worship. But a, a big part of worship is how you act. Right? How you act. You've given him worship. You're honoring him. You're esteeming him. It's a heavy weight on you. You know that you love your God. And the way you act presents that to him and all those around you. Amen? Oh, me? Some of you look at me like, don't say that anymore. The way you act. 2 Corinthians 10, 11 says, Those people should realize that our actions, when we arrive in person, will be as forceful as what we say in our letters from far away. Your actions really carry more weight than what you say. And he's talking about we sent letters from afar off and we sent these words. So we're praying that when we do arrive in person, that what we do and what we say and our actions will be just as strong as what we said from far away, as our letters were. Are your actions as heavy as what you say to other people? Are they, got anybody teaching or, 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 or presenting, said, are your actions as good as what you say when you're teaching? When you're ministering? Are your actions the same? Are they just as forceful? Are they just as good as what you were saying? Because if they're not, what you were saying is not that good. Because it changed. It changed. So we need to, with our actions. And this next one is, is, is really important because it, it makes a difference in the way we act. And it's our thoughts. Do we honor God with our thoughts? Because see, nobody else knows our thoughts but us and God. So are you honoring him with your thoughts? Or you think, well, you know, right. nobody knows what I'm thinking. So I'm going to think this. And then nobody knows. Well, God knows. <laughs> Do we honor him? In that? When you think about that, you know what? You start honoring him. Amen. You start honoring him. And thoughts become words. And thoughts become actions. Right? You do what you think. Right? You know, and, and, it's, it's, it's in, and in your everyday life, you do what you think. You think what you do and you do what you think. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says, We use God, God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud ob obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. We need to do that, church. We need to catch our rebellious thoughts, right? Put them under and begin to learn how to obey Christ. Your thoughts, the way you think. If, if you accept Christ and you come to church and you begin to hear this and hear that and you don't change the way you think, you'll not be changing your path. 
and everything that you're doing. You won't be changed. It's not just, it's great while I'm here. It's not just that. Romans 12, in the second verse, in Romans 12, 2, it says, Don't copy the behavior of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by what? Changing the way you think. We have to take those thoughts and begin to change them into God's thoughts. Changing the way we think about things. Changing the way we act. Our behavior is according to what we think. Why do I act like that? Because you don't think right. And it's always the devil made me do it. Well, no, he didn't. He can put things in there, but it's according to you to cast those things down. Right? And change the way you think. And you can say, no, I ain't hearing that. I'm not listening to that. And then it says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and perfect and pleasing. Did you know God's will for you is good, pleasing, and perfect? Amen. It really is. And if you start following that path, you will find that you will be more pleased. You will be happier than if you're not following. Nothing's worse than to, this, to know God's calling your life and not be putting it into play. Not be doing it. Not changing what you're doing so that you can follow God's will. You know, we live a life according to what we do, according to how we take what God has given us and put it into place and put it into action. You know, everything that you have in your life, every talent, right? Every, every uh, purpose, everything... God has given you talents to do. They're to be used for him. I have talents that God has given me. He's given me all kinds of things that I can do, but if I don't put them into place, if I don't do what he says, I'm not doing what he's asked me to do, whether it's in ministry or whether it's out in the world. Amen? And you know what? I've learned I can take the talents that God has given me sometimes and help other people. It's a form of giving. It's a form of putting out pressing out on what he's called me to do you know what and it gives you opportunity to be a witness so we need to take what god has given us and we need to learn to do it we need to find god's will and it only comes when we begin to change the way we think once we find out what it is that he's calling us to do and i believe that god can god brings you in steps just like he did me and, and, and there are times when you're like, God, you know, this is not what I've been doing. I know, but it's time for you to start doing this. Next thing we need to honor God in finances. Some of you are like, well, did you have to go there? Yeah, because it's a part of honoring God. And I know that it can change your life. It's changed Peggy in my life. So in finances, we're to honor God. And I'll tell you, the first one is in the tithe. We're to honor God in the tithe and taking a tenth of what he's given us and giving it back to him. Just a tenth. It's not like a whole lot. You get to, keep, you get to do whatever you want to do with 90%. And, you know, most of us do what we want to do with 100%. But I found in my life that it benefits me to be obedient. So Leviticus 27 30 through 33, I'm going to read it in the message. It says, A tenth of the land's 
produce, whether grain from the ground or fruit from the trees, is God. Is God's. It is holy to God. If a man buys back any of the tenth he has given, he must add 20% to it. You ever thought about it? I didn't, you know. You got to add 20%. So you better just do 10%. And not. <laughs> you know, and once you start doing something like that, it becomes a part of what you are and who you are. And guess what? You don't even, it's just not even a thought process much. It is, but it's just automatic. God gave me this, you're getting 10%. And no matter how much it is, God gave me 10%, I'm giving him. So in the tithe, that's part of our finances. Also, it's in the giving. Whatever it is you give, and I can, I'm talking about finances, but it can be a part of what you are too. We give of what we are. So it's Luke 6, 38 says, give and you will receive. And most people like to hear that, right? Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. So you say, well, I give. Well, you maybe just give a little. You could give more, but you don't. Maybe you're afraid for your future, whatever it is. But I give what God, I feel like God tells me to give. And sometimes I just give it because, you know what? God has blessed me, and this person needs help, and I'm going to give it to them. Or whatever it might be. And that, you know, run over, pour it into your lap. And if it determines the amount you get back, then, hey, I want to give as much as I can. Hebrews 13, 16 says, And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Sometimes you give and it's a sacrifice, right? In other words, it, you really don't have that much extra, but I'm going to give out of it. Maybe you've been saving it for something else and God wants you to give it to something else or you see someone in need that needs it and you give it. So you're, you're not only to do good with what you know you can, but you're to do good sometimes with the stuff that you didn't realize, realize that you were going to be given out of. Does that, you understand that? That's the way... Should be so. We're to in our finances. We're to honor God. And the next one is in your job. <laughs> you know it, how you conduct your business. And you say, well, "I don't have a business." If you have a job, if you have a family, if you have a home, you have a budget, you have a business, right? And how you conduct that determines on how much you honor God. Are you honest and sincere in your business or in your job? Are you honest and sincere? Or do you look for every way you can to go hide in the corner and rest? Well, they won't see me. I'm in the break room and nobody's around right now. And I'll, they're gone for the day, so guess what? I'm not doing anything else. You're not honoring God. You're not honoring God. You're not honoring Proverbs 10, 4, and 5 says, Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. That's hard to hear, isn't it? And just because you're not physically doing, you can still be hard working in this. What was I used to tell me? I told somebody that yesterday. Work smarter, not harder. Nothing wrong with good hard work, right? 
a wise youth harvests in the summer. This is the rest of the verse. But one who sleeps during the harvest is a disgrace. That's a strong statement. That's part of that scripture in Proverbs 10, 4 and 5. A wise youth harvests in the summer, but one who sleeps during the harvest is a disgrace. In other words, you're not honoring God in it. We need to honor God. We need to don't sleep. In other words, what he's saying, you, you, can, you know, in the summer you harvest, or, or you, you're planting your seeds, you're doing that, and then when it comes up, you're just like, well, you know what? Somehow somebody's got to get it out, out of there. Well, it might be you. <laughs> you need to pray for the harvest. You need to get the harvest off of what you planted. A lot of times you don't get it because you're just lazy. Proverbs 12, 24 says, Work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. Those who work hard become leaders. So this morning, I want to ask you, are you Christ-like in everything you do? Do, do? do you honor God in everything you do? I, I wrote down this as, as I was thinking this morning, and I want to read it to you, then I'll kind of expound on it. Unfortunately, we are not taught to honor others. You know why? Because we've become a selfish society. I didn't say selfless as we should be. We are selfish. Everything's about us and what we can get out of it and what we gain out of it. And, you know, as long as I can get something out of it, I'll do it. You know what? You need to do stuff whether you get anything out of it or not. Those of us, those of you who are going with us next week to uh, Nicaragua, guess what? You're going to get, I'll tell you what you're going to get out of it. You will get joy and peace and satisfaction and, and thanks to God, but I want to tell you what you will get out of it. Sweat, sore muscles, because we're going to be building, and hot. But you know what, we normally work in the morning to about 1 o'clock or so, and then the afternoon we do VBS or children's ministries, and that's when you start saying it was worth my sweat this morning. Or when you go back and see what you just built, you go back to the church. Like when we go back to Pastor Isaac's church, we go to his place and we see what God has done and how much they have added to it, and it's a beautiful place. But when we first started, it was just, four walls that's where the joy comes that's where you see what has been done and what has been planted we've got to get out of everything being about what benefits us and we can do that here or there you know it, it doesn't matter where you're at they do it but God blesses us and so we got to learn what we, we, we're not here just to benefit ourselves. And, and we, we can get selfish in the giving and the other because, well, if I give, it's going to, and it will benefit you, but that shouldn't really be your purpose. Amen? The purpose should be to bless others and to be a blessing. So I want to clarify that in the finances. It's not just about what you get back. It does help and it will you know what the blessing is to me is that I get more to give back more. The more I give, the more I get so I can 
be more of a blessing. That's what it's about. Amen? So this one last question. I don't know that I had that, but does your life honor God? In all of these things, in all of these steps, ask yourself this morning, does my life honor God? All right, I want you to close your eyes. Let's stand together. And I want you to think about that for a couple of minutes. Father, I thank you this morning, God. Lord, that I will do everything that I can to make sure that my life honors you. It's not all about me. It's about you and what you have in store for us. It's about being what you've called me to be. Father, I lift up every person in this place this morning as we consider, as we think about, and, and, and think about how can I make it better? How can I begin in the areas that I might be failing in honoring you? How can I make that better and make that happen? Father God, I thank you so much this morning. I lift up image church to you. I lift up the body of Christ to you this morning and thank you for touching and healing. Lord, I just thank you for all those that are, as again, that are traveling and on vacation and the ones that may be sick. We lift them up today. Father, I thank you for your meeting, but I thank you you would, this, this, these words would take heart in every one of us, take root in every one of us. And they wouldn't just be words that we hear that sound great today, but they're gone tomorrow that they be a part of who we are. I thank you and praise you, Father. And I give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. I want to say this too. You know, like I said, next Sunday, um, not next Sunday, on the 27th, next, that next Wednesday, those of us who are going to be eight of us, we will be leaving to go to Nicaragua and thank the Lord for our traveling mercies. And, you know, we... Uh, Please, if God has instructed you to give, to go ahead and give. We, we have, what, maybe two or $3,000 left, huh? Oh, he's going to say all that. But, um, you know, just whatever God has led you to give, God always comes through. Amen? And because we added some things to what we were going to do, so we're like, oh, okay, we had this, we had this, and we get requests, and we say, okay, that's fine. So thank you for for that. You know something that I want to do that I kind of slipped? Because I think this is a part of honoring God. We're going to take communion this morning. Sorry. I wanna, don't want to seem flipping in it, but I want it, it's what we're supposed to do. But you know what? As This morning as we take this, we really need to remember God and remember what Christ did for us. This how he honored us and how he honored his father by doing what he was called to do. So if you would take out the piece of bread and Father, we thank you this morning for this which is a representation of your body and your sacrifice that you made in your body for us. And Father, I thank you this morning, Lord, that we do this this morning to remember you. We do this to remember your body beaten and broken for us and and destroyed so that we might live and we might have life. So, Father, we thank you. As you told your disciples, take, eat, 
This is my body. We do this to remember that. And Father, we thank you for your blood shed for us. You know, that blood was shed on the cross, but it was taken to the altar to God, of God to be the ultimate sacrifice that we might be saved, delivered, and set free. And we thank you for that this morning. Lord Jesus, we do this to remember you as you told your disciples, drink, this is my blood. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we give you praise and glory and honor this morning. We thank you for your many blessings. And we thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for sacrificing for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Just be seated just a second, I promise. I won't keep you long. I um, just want to give a quick rundown of uh, announcement time, but really the only announcement that I really need to give is the trip. Um, and I'll just say this about Nicaragua and uh, giving. Nine years ago, I went on my first trip, and um, I never really wanted to go, but I come on staff, and Pastor Bill said, you got to go to Nicaragua. And I'm like, I'm going to go to Nicaragua. But I went. And um, now I can't not go because it, it changed my life. And uh, so, uh, that being said, we are, um, eight of us will be going. And as Pastor Bill said, we, we had, um, we're going to Dios Provera, the first, uh, the, the little barrio there, the first uh, part of the trip. Dios Provera means uh, God will provide. And he, he's going to have to provide uh, because we, we're a little short on money. But God always provides. Every time, every we just every year, we we're like, okay, we'll do it. Okay, we'll do it. And then the money, it, God provides. But uh, we're we're building um at that church. They they only have it's a very small church, probably about the size of that over. That's it. And um, so the kids can't meet at the same time as the parents because there's not enough room. Uh, the youth have a small place in the back. We bought a house back there. They've got a couple of nice, cool rooms back there where they meet. I'm kidding. They're not cool. but uh, So they're going to build a second floor on top of it. And so that's what we're going to do. We're building, we're pouring the foundation, the, uh, the footings, so that the, it'll hold the steel for the second floor. And we've paid for that. we paid for the steel already. we paid for the footings and for the roof for the second floor. So the kids will be able to meet upstairs. Mom and Dad can meet downstairs. So... That's what we're doing there. And then we're going, but most of that work, the, the, a lot of the work's already been done by local people there, which is something we also do. We, we hire people there to do it, so we give them jobs. Um, so we realized we had some extra time um, that we could do something else. And somebody said, well, why don't we build a house? Because we've built houses, right, Jace? They're nice houses too, aren't they? They're not very nice, but they're most of us would use them to store our lawnmower in, maybe, but um, that's what they live in. So that we found this couple that actually has a home with children. Um, it's a home with four sticks and a tin roof that's rusted out, and um, they they're a very vital part of another church called Vida Abundante uh, that we've served in, and um, so we offered to come. It's got a dirt floor, right? We offered to come and um, and help them 
with that house. It's a little bit bigger than the ones Chase that we built in uh, Crystal Ray, but so it's going to cost a little more. And I was thinking, probably a thousand bucks. Well, anyway, it's a little more than that. I'll get to that in a minute. And then we're going to go to Messiah, the next stop, and uh, we've hooked up with a ministry called uh, the Potter's Ministry there, and we're building a classroom and bathrooms for uh, that ministry, which serves about 100 kids a week uh, and feeds them and uh, teaches them English. And so um, we're, we're going to be doing that project. Uh, and we're doing vacation Bible school every day we're there. So anyway, um, so the total cost of all this came out to about, uh, I think, about $10,000 at the end. of, <clears throat> And I think we've raised, and Ray, I, I was wrong, I think we've raised a little over four. So we, we need almost $6,000. I forgot about the vacation Bible school. <laughs> okay, so don't get nervous. Everybody's like, who this like? Dios proveerá. God will provide. Always does. So, if you're watching online or if you're here today and you want to give next Sunday, we will have an offering for, it's our regular missions offering, but please be in prayer about what you might want to give. If you're listening online, you can send it uh, through the mail, but try to get it soon because we're leaving soon, or uh, go online and give through one of those options. But that's the plan. Uh, Be in prayer. Matter of fact, before we leave, I'm going to pray for that, and we're going to send you guys off. Father, I thank you so much that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you always provide. As we started this morning and I came up to take up the offering, um, we, <laughs> we heard that song, you split the sea so we could walk right through it. And so we know you'll provide whatever we need to walk right through it, and you always do. So for this offering that we're going to be receiving this week to help these people in Nicaragua, we pray for it. We pray that you provide it. And as usual, you will not only provide it, but you'll, you'll add extra. That's just how you are. And we're so grateful for that. Lord, be with each one of these folks as they go out today and this week coming. Bless them all. Bless each one of us, Lord. To remember to honor you, knowing that honoring you through everything we do is what we're called to do. And we know that you'll bless us through that. Thank you, Jesus, for all you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody have a great week. See you back next Sunday.